Welcome back to Where Are You Really From? It's Yael Gavish and I am still in Chicago today with Gino Suarez. 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 It, it sounds that, weird in English. It is. Well, that's not even Suarez. my full name. Suarez. Suarez. What do you mean? It's, my full name is Gino El Suarez. Or in Spanish, Hano El Suarez. Hano? It's Hano is for Gino. Hano. Yeah. Okay. That's what they call me in Spanish. Hano. Hanoel. So it's, so it's a mix oh, of Hanoel. Gino okay. and Noel. Okay. So Hanoel. Hanoel. Which in Spanish doesn't sound bad, but in English, Gino-El. gino People will just absolutely butcher Do you know that El in Hebrew means God? Does it really? Yeah. Um, I Someone told me that, because my grandpa in Chicago got the nickname Gino from a Jewish man. Really? And then my dad was named Gino. Okay. And then they decided to do the abomination. Wait, so Spanish of, people, they, they do the, the same names for the kids too? Uh, my family does, I guess. Okay. Some people do. I don't. I'm not necessarily the exact name because I'm Gino L. That's cool. It's like a hybrid, okay, but is. not too bad. Yeah. So why you don't go with Gino L? Because most people can't say it. So what? But, no well, one and can also, say also, it. but like my whole <laughs> life, I've never been used to hearing Gino L. The only time I hear Gino L is Your by the judge or by mom. <laughs> And then it's just like, mm, like, please don't call me. That. Like, <laughs> I got PTSD from that shit. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like to see like people struggling with with my name, most of the How time. How do? You, what is your full name? Yael. Do you have a? Do you guys have? Do you have a middle name? No. Okay. We don't do middle names. I feel like it. Different parts of the world do, and some parts of the world don't. Like my family doesn't do middle names, but they do like super long last names so you'll have really yeah like two last names yeah two last names they're in, like latino culture they'll do two last names or even three last names why like what i don't know why so for example your name will be like luis miguel sanchez cancel and it's like you're <laughs> yes, using like two different names yeah, okay. from two different family members and it's like paying respects to both sides but it's kind of interesting it is it's like those like new things, like people now getting married and they keep both names. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the it is. The only reason I did it is for like immigration-wise, because my passport is says only Gavish, and I didn't I didn't want to go and change it in Israel. So I just like I'm just gonna put them both, and people would understand. You're like, why? Why did you do that? Also, some people. There's also, a, Facebook. There's wise. a there's a pride thing too. In no, some, I don't care. Certain, for no. certain countries, they're like, no, I want my name represented too. Like, just because your name gets carried yeah, around doesn't like mean mine can. Yeah, that's like a feminism thing. And I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine. You... There's also like the I've met some women that convince the husband. It's always convincing because men usually don't give a shit. No, not they don't at care. all. Like, yeah, and it's mostly for the parents that the men would give a shit. Like, no, we keep our name or my last name. But then, like, I heard some like couples that changed the name. They just picked a new last name and it's also too with, with kids like they'll want like it's not the issue of oh, i'm married and i have his name now it's like yeah, it's what like, is my kid's name gonna be yeah it's, it's like do you want my kid to have my name or your name and that yeah, also becomes like kind of weird like, it's like uh, all right let's like, just live in like the old-fashioned world like i want to stay in the kitchen imagine <laughs> imagine the idea of not giving yourself a name and then at the age of like 10 someone's like all right what's your name gonna be like, how cool. Like, if I would be able to pick my own name. Yeah. Like, how many... When it would be 10, no. How many kids that. would be Mr. Cheeto Fingers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're 10 and you do that, it's not a good... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Hello Kitty. <laughs> Hello First Kitty Middle. And they're like, all right, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, I, I would have been like Hello Kitty Spears because I like Britney Spears. 
That, that would be an interesting way to live life. You imagine how many it more interesting names we'd have instead oh of just Jonathan Smith. Yeah. Uh, boring. But that's a very American thing. Oh, yeah. Well, the we Smith have... last name is very American. Yeah, also Jonathan is like, I've met so many Jonathans here. And then you or can. Jones. Well, have, do you know about the jokes about how you spell the name and the connotations behind that? No. So the stupid spelling of John is John without an H. Yeah. So you're like, you got J-O-N, like you're a dumbass, John. <laughs> but if you got J-O-H-N, you're kind of sophisticated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then you could take it even farther and be like, I'm Jonathan. It's like, okay. I like Jonathan. You're Jonathan, like, it is. You sound like yeah. a CPA now. Yeah. Usually, like, I would imagine a Don- Jonathan, like a gay, like, you know, those like very, very successful gays. Like they have like, like the their, architectures. Like, I- yeah, architect, yeah. like. He's doing something with art, but he's very successful. He has a lot of money. Uh, and then he, he has goes a, to like good vacation. He goes to only boutique brand name stores. Yes. Like Vanessa Wiggins. Exactly. That, like, that's what? like a Jonathan for me. I, I see these stores in Lincoln Park. So Lincoln Park, I don't know if you know much about Chicago, is like the... It's right. It's, it's somewhere It's south there, of yeah. Lakeview. It's like the... I said the, the fanc- Ambassador last time. It's not far from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's around there. It's yeah. like the fancy part of town. And there's always these boutique little stores oh named after white women. And they always <laughs> think that just by putting like their simple name, like Sarah, Sarah Jessica, it's like I'm a boutique oh designer. God. Now it's like, dude, all the shit you bought in this store came from some random from catalog yeah, from no, China. From, from, yeah. yeah, from a random and you, like And you're trying Shumawa. to be like, I'm a... I'm a cool designer now by just putting two names on it it's like you're not fooling anyone it, it is true they do that and it's stupid yeah because they see big designer names like michael kors and they think oh i could do the same thing like no, I, you're not. i've only got a simple name like you i'm can. cool too it's like mm, that's not and even michael kors is not as cool as like the big names yeah michael kors like because you can find michael kors and marshall's now yeah that's but also <laughs> like michael kors is like making cheap designer styles yeah it's like, like coach it's kind of in the same realm yeah, or it's like, like no it's sc- I, it's I low never, class designer i've never had michael kors i've never thought about having michael kors i'm very mad at michael kors because one time i got like a very fancy and expensive bag and from uh, what is it mark jacobs and it was like 500 dollars after a sale and it's the only bag that i paid like a lot of money for and then a few months later i saw someone from like really far and I was like oh my god that's my bag and she came close and I saw that it's the same bag but it says Michael Kors on it and I was like are you kidding me and it was the same bag I was so mad so uh, don't they own each other like doesn't one of no I don't think so because uh, I thought Michael Kors no Michael Kors is like making everything no but apparently didn't they buy or were bought by one of those companies like a lot of those big companies that oh yeah are, there was bought, something by the recently same people. with like Michael Kors bought something yeah I think that cause I don't I, think Mark did they buy Versace though. Yeah, something, yeah, something see, weird. Stuff, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, little yeah, things yeah, like that right. you don't think about. Yeah, it's true. It's like you go to buy Versace and you're not thinking in the back of your head that's made I by learned Kors. Yesterday, I learned something crazy that it was so in shock. Do, do you watch sports? Do you like sports? Uh, no, no, terrible. So, I, I, don't, I don't consider ba- like baseball as socks, as a sports. Like, and the Red Sox apparently owns the Liverpool, I think. Then the, the UK? Soccer. Yeah. Um, and... An That's, English person told me that, and I was like, what? It's smart. And it, the Yankees own uh, Manchester. <coughs> it makes sense. There's the amount of money that those guys at the top have. Because well, it's not that the Boston Red Sox probably own them. It's probably that the same owner owns both of them. Okay, that makes more sense. Because you like usually what will happen is you'll make a lot of money from owning one team, and then 
the opportunity to buy another team yeah. will come up and then they'll just buy it. But it makes also sense that the Yankees bought the other rival team because they're also yeah, the rivals exactly. of the Red yeah. Sox. But then it's like... Well, also too... Like, baseball is not sport. Like, how did you find yourself? Like, hmm, I like... I don't know, like... Well, I think also you have to remember that in America, it's baseball, but in Europe, it's soccer. So it's smart for them to cater in America to the American sport of baseball because it is a very American sport. It's not a sport. Well, they consider it a sport here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it is a long, boring-ass boring. game. It's, yeah, it's a game. Yeah, and yeah. then versus like soccer in the UK where that's, well, not just the UK, but around the world, it, it would make sports. sense for them business-wise to cater to buying like big teams yeah. like that. So it's like, but I was I was in shock yesterday when I found out about it. But then now, like Michael Kors and Versace, I would be like. But it's also the idea. Have you heard of or have seen these diagram charts of the eight companies that own everything that you use? So, no. for example, like Dove Soap, it's owned okay. by Procter and Gamble, which might be the same people that make Tide. Which, okay. Yeah. Which yeah. might be owned by the same people that make Glade air fresheners yeah and uh, like a lot of these name brands that you use like clorox and tide and gain are all owned by like five or six companies yeah also the in europe i know that nestle and espresso and ferrero and and kinder are owned by the same yeah by nestle yeah people hate nestle in America, they don't appreciate. They don't well, know. I don't even know if in America from, I think from it's the just, internet. I think it's just like expensive to bring it here, so well, people don't, people even don't know. What well, well, they do. don't like Nestle because Nestle um, pillages countries' resources and sells the water. So, for example, Nestle uses water. Or this is allegedly. I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna say allegedly before anything that they don't pay for their water, like or they pay okay. very little for what they buy their water from. And they sell it at really? high profit margins, which kind of messes with the town that they buy the water from. Because they're also, yeah. like, screwing them out of money. Yeah. And they know that. But also, if you're selling water... Yeah, of course. Like, if you do something... Like, if, get, if you're doing a scam, you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And that's what people are kind of... I have the issue with Nestle. Yeah, I would never be able to live without Nestle. I also... I'm not the type of person to be like oh I'm never gonna buy something from that company because they oh, yeah, do X, Y, and Z like someone like <laughs> the other day care. is like I'm a terrible person yeah, like, I, I don't care like oh do you have a, you have a boyfriend I was like yeah I have a boyfriend they're like so you still eat at Chick-fil-A I'm like I don't give a fuck what they do at Chick-fil-A <laughs> they can take a shit at Chick-fil-A I and remember, I will still buy the goddamn chicken do you remember the the video that they they released with McDonald's how they make the the McNuggets yeah the, like, same thing oh. I watched it and I was like Okay, I don't care. You're like, I'm still going to eat McNuggets. Fuck yeah, it. I did. I do. It's my favorite thing in McDonald's. I don't blame you. It's right? It's your, like, I don't care about be- those things. Is it better than the McChicken? Probably so. Yeah, everything is bad. So you got to pick your poison. And then, like, if, even the the fruits in the United States are not fruits. So it doesn't matter what Mc, what what do I have in my McNuggets. The truth. Well, it doesn't they have taste. the wax on them, right? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't taste like fruits. Well, a lot of them have the the wax preservative preservative lo- coating. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't. And you, you can't get it off. Like you have to like vinegar wash it off. Really? There's a way to do that. There's a way to get it off. Yeah. I've, I looked it up on the internet, but I don't S- actually send me do the that recipe. Wait, but we didn't say like where are you really from? Tell us about yourself. Well, that's a complicated question in itself. Um, that's why we're here. <laughs> so I guess we got the time. So my parents were in the military. So before that. 
I guess I got to go backwards. My mom was born in Mexico and at the age of two moved to Chicago. My father was born in Puerto Rico. No, he was actually born in Chicago and at the age of two moved to Puerto Rico. Really? Did his parents are from Puerto Rico or something? Yeah, so my grandparents are both in Puerto Rico. Okay. So they were, and I guess my grandpa had been working here to make money at a factory or something like that. And then they moved back. Such an an American thing. Like, yeah, he's working in a, in a factory. Yeah. That's, it's a very, it's like, why did he do it in the, like. Well, they, especially if you come from absolutely nothing. Like where we're from in Puerto Rico. Yeah, but it's just like he went to work in a factory. Like, well, he's, well, first what he did was he left Puerto Rico to join the army. Really? That's the reason he originally left. Okay. So he learned. Wait, so since when Puerto Rico is part of the United States? Since the Spanish-American War, I think. Which is, I don't know, I, I don't know I, much about I, that. Honestly, I'm, I'm probably wrong about the Spanish-American War part. I don't know. Wait, and these are things, that I went to school in Puerto Rico, and I should <laughs> definitely know this, but... Uh, I really don't. Not okay. a clue. But it's like 100 years ago, or more, or less? I'd say it's... More than a hundred years. Okay. I, I, I really couldn't answer. I know that Puerto Rico has been trying to get statehood for the last like 30, 40 years. But I don't know oh, before right. that what yeah. it was. Because it's kind of the same thing as Guam. Yeah. But oh, Puerto- they're going to disappear at some point. I know, dude, who the fuck <laughs> decides... Like, all right, all right. I understand if you're you're born in Guam and you're like, all right, cool. Like, I'm stuck here. but And you're stuck there. And you're stuck there. But imagine being able to be like, all right, I'm going to leave now. Fuck that. I'm out. You are the only island 10,000 miles that way, 10,000 miles that way, 10,000 miles that way, 10,000 miles that way. Water. And the closest thing to you is Hawaii. Which is also surrounded by it's water. Like six hours from anywhere, like the from mm, California. Absolutely not. I would n- never. It's crazy. Yeah, I, would, it's, I would get like claustrophobic only to be on Guam. Well, that's it's one half an earthquake away from a tsunami just blowing everyone out of oh, the water. Oh yeah, that's it. That's what I'm saying. It's about to something would happen. There. Yeah, it's just gonna. Just, this, I really want to go there before because I, I have the. Do you know the the stamps, the national park stamps, like a national park passport, and you go to national parks. In, in America? Stamps. Yeah. Is you this only stamps. in America? Yeah. It's I an American thing. This thing. So they have like a stamp in Guam and I want to get my stamp before Guam is disappeared. That, that sounds like an American thing. Like, yeah, come visit our national it park. We'll cool. give you a stamp. I have OCD. I love that. I went to a few places just to get the stamp and get out of there. So are you the type of person that would collect uh, all the quarters from every state? Oh my God. How did you know that? Did I you, miss, that's the yes, same. Yes. That's the same I thing. I only miss Marina. Marina's Islands. That's the only quarter. Where's Marina? Where's Marina's Island? Um, I don't even. I've never even heard I of that. Think, I think it's it's not like on. The, I think it's closer <laughs> to the Caribbeans. I did look for where it is. Because you have the original ago. booklet, which has the fifty. Yes, I do. And then have, after the states, they started making yes, the other ones. So I, I have. So the states, I've got them all. State-wise. Then they have the national parks, right? I do the, yeah, so they didn't release all of them yet. Okay, then they have the territories, right? Like Puerto Rico, Guam. Yes, so mm-hmm. I have them all. Besides what else Marianas, do they have? Marina's Island, and that's it. <coughs> Island. Mar- Marina or Mariana? No, that's not it. Where is it? They. Re- oh, come on. Mariana's Island or Marina's Island? Mariana's Island. Like off the coast of California? No, I think it's on the other side. It's closer to 
to the to the Caribbeans. This these are the islands. Ah, oh, it's next to Guam. Okay, my in the, bad. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Next to Guam. They're about to disappear too. Now think about the craziness. But, but look at it. Like you go back and you don't even see that. Like Guam is closer to you Australia. Can, you can miss than... that shit on accident. Oh yeah. Like I bet you can land there only with like an helicopter or something. Bro, no, absolutely. There's nothing. Absolutely not. You cannot crazy. pay me. I would go there though. Would Just you live for... there? No. Oh my God. No, I would go there for like probably a few days and then I'll get like claustrophobic and get the fuck out of there. I wouldn't even want to fly there because I know what the flight there is going to be. It's just in the middle of the night in the fucking yeah, pitch like, blackness. Yeah, it's like small like buses with, with wings. Literally. Yeah. It's, oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's like when I fly to Europe, the most nerve-wracking part is flying over the ocean. For me, at least. Really? But at I night. I don't care that much. Well, because if you... I flew a lot. I don't fuck with the ocean just because there's things in there that you don't even know about. Like you, like all right, oh, yeah. say you crash and you survive, How which you which survive? which Come on. is the likelihood of that is pretty much zero. Yeah. But if you do survive, what is in that water? Oh yeah, you're gonna die. Will like fuck you up. It's so deep. I'm like only from like thinking about it, I would drown. You 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 it like, par- oh, oh my god, it oh paralyzes you with fear. It. And you're like, you're yeah, and it's cold. I don't go to the ocean no matter what. And then it's you become crazy. some shark food. Yeah, I'm like, huh. And then I love before you like take off like with the, the airplane. So they're telling you that you have the the whistle. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not the gonna. What? You have the whistle. So when, if like you crash into the water, so you have that like bell that the 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 bell that you need to put on. Under your seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then you have a whistle. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten a whistle. No, they have a whistle on it. Oh, on the thing. No, yes. I thought that was the blow strap. You have that, and then you have a whistle on it. Well, luckily, I've never been in these situations where I need to. Do I've that. never been into that situation, but I listen to those people once in a while. Like, I, you're not yeah. the person that listens to the headphones and just like. I, ah. No, I do listen to them because I'm like, there's something there. There's something. like as a comedian, I would listen to to them. I had some jokes about like airplanes and well, stuff. Well, have you ever been on a plane where the flight attendant tries to be funny and makes a joke or makes basically a stand-up yeah, skit out of... it's usually not that funny, but I no. did watch the video. Did you watch that video? There was like that guy that like... Some of them are really viral. good. Yeah, yeah because they're really, viral. really good. It's really funny. It's like, and that's essentially him being a stand-up comedian in front of... Yes. And that's a full flight, too. That's amazing. And that's also working with whatever parameters it gave you. I applaud him for that. Yeah, that's amazing because people are nervous <coughs> in flights. Even if they won't say that. I'm oh, like, yeah. I hate flights. Like, I feel like before trips, I would... I have that, like, paranoid and, like, stress. Like, okay, I'm going to die. It's like you're not, when you're not religious and then you get on a plane, you're about to take off and people will just hit the rosary really quick. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, I, I say the, the prayer, like, the, the Jewish road prayer before we're taking off. What is the Jewish road prayer? It's just, like, a few words that you say, like, before, like, like, please, God, like, save us from all those, like, weird things that are about maybe would Wait. come. It makes me feel more secure. Okay. Especially on a plane. On a plane, I would, I would do also, like, I would pray to, to Buddha. So I'm scared. I pray to anyone. I, I pray to really anyone scared. that get on this bitch and oh get out. Oh my god! I still don't understand how it like. How well, there's it this stand-up bit that I've heard someone make about. I don't know if it was Tom Segura or who it was about how. Before he gets on a plane, he's like doing all the nice things, like helping this lady put her bag up, <laughs> and he's doing everything nicely so that God will be like, "Hey, 
Like I see oh, you that's down there. What I was thinking like that is going with a. I would do all those nice things if we're gonna crash, so they're gonna be nice to me and helping me like get out of the plane first. Well, he's like, I'm doing these nice things so we don't crash. And then he's like, when I get up, the old lady's like, can you help me with my bag? He's like, no, yo, no, bitch, like I I'm not already. helping you. I did what I, I'm already landed. Like you're good. Get you your own fucking bag. <laughs> No, there, there is like, I had a joke many years ago. I even don't remember what was the joke, but the thing that now you need to pay for it, but I don't know, maybe less than 10 years ago, you could see it like in the exit, like the aisle of the exit and just like get some extra room for the, for the, for the legs. Yeah, yeah. But now they, they make you like, they charge you for that seat. But back then it would just like arrive to the airport. Back then you also, you didn't check on, check in online. And you had to stand in line. You had like standing in line. And then they give you your seat, and it was so random. you could ask for your seat. Yeah. yeah. So I used to ask for that specific seat, and they used to give it to me most of the time. But then I realized that, like, because before you take off, the, the flight attendant would come to you and would explain to you what's happening in case of emergency. So they make you feel really stressed about that, like, sitting here. Like, if something happened, you need to, like, help all yeah. everyone And it's like, out. you have to agree to help. Yeah, and I was sitting next to that, like, door. I was like... Fuck no, I would never help and who the And who the fuck is going to say, no, I'm not going to help those people? I'll be like, yeah, 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 sure. I'm out yeah. of here, bye. Yeah, fuck you guys, I'm <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, but then like, my, oh, I remember what my, I don't remember how I said it, but the joke was that when we're landing, nothing happened ever. But when we land, I felt like all of the flight, I want to fall asleep, but I was like, no, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. I'm like, I don't want that. Like, and then like when, when like we're landing, you remember back, like, they do that still sometimes that like the pilot and the flight attendant would stand the exit and be like thank you so much thank you good day so I like after I sit in that seat I would stand with them like thank you so much I'm glad I helped <laughs> appreciate yeah. everything you've done for us today ma'am hey bitch I thank me I do accept tip I have Venmo I have PayPal <laughs> I did I did work I saved all of you it was voluntarily I could fall asleep I didn't I stayed up and watch Disney movies little did they know that you're not doing any type of work you're just actually yeah. waiting for this shit to happen so you could be like man fuck you guys I'm out I'm running oh, away and then like now there's a, an Israeli comedian who just released a special and, and it's, he has something similar to that Jonathan, Jonathan Barak Jonathan Barak is a very funny guy and if you're Israel his stand up is in Hebrew uh, watch him it's on YouTube but he said that uh, now you need to pay for that and this is like the seats for the most arrogant people because those people would never, ha- they paid to sit in that extra room, like for the for the legs. They would never like help anyone to get out of the plane. They're, pay- they're paying because they want to be special, yeah. not because they're helpful. Yeah, they're not gonna pay for like, oh, now we need to help you. Like, fuck no, no, that we paid for like get out of here first. Okay, so so I wanted to ask you about doing Hebrew and stand up because you said you started doing Hebrew. Yeah, your stand up in Hebrew. Hebrew, and then I did English. Okay, in so. 2010. Run me through the difference culturally of what it's like to do stand-up in Hebrew versus doing stand-up in American or in America in English. Yeah, in American American stand-up is much different than like an English stand-up. Well, yes. I love English stand-up. I do too. For me, I feel like American is very, very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Everything you're saying, it's like super sensitive and you're going to find yourself like with someone like... Oh, you can't talk about that. You don't talk about that. Yeah. Don't talk about that either. You can't talk about black people. You're not black. You can't talk about Jewish people. You're not Jewish. You can't talk, you can't talk about like, anything. Oh, come on, you can't talk about anything here. And in Israel, no, they encourage you to, to talk about everything. So it's still like we have like those. So here it would be like racist jokes. In Israel, it's not because we're not that sensitive. 
So Israel basically, and this is, I think, like my favorite part of the, the Israeli stand-up is, is because like Israel were built from Jewish people from all around the world. So in the beginning, there were like tons of racism, like the Moroccan Jews and the, the Ashkenazis Jews and the, the, the Yemeni and Iranian and, and Russia. There's like Jewish, from, Jewish people from all the places in the world. And all of them came with their own cultures, their own religion, why I don't know the way that they like to believe in God and and their like traditions and the food and the the culture the clothes everything was different for each of them so it was like a huge gap between like this specific culture and this specific culture and it took like a few years that they went on the same boat and like so in the beginning it was racism it's like okay all the Yemenis are cheap all the the Moroccans they have like short temper all the the Polish people are cold people uh, Persian are, are also cheap and hairy. So it was like, it was like stupid. <laughs> so they used to like make fun of each other and it was like, they used to like get it like, oh my God, you can't talk like that. Like this is, but then like now people are less sensitive to it and it's still like, like we said, like culture's jokes. We still have that like type. Right. I don't find it very funny. I've never found it so funny, but, but it's like, it's, it's there. And right. now people are not that sensitive. Like, there's a, one of my favorite jokes that I've ever heard. It's Roit Sabari. He's a, a Yemeni comedian. He's Israeli. He's Yemeni. But he's making fun of the, the, the fact, like, the, the Holocaust happened in, in, like, in Europe. Because European people are very polite. They're, like, their manners. Like, stand in line. Okay, we will. And then, like, it, it would never work in, like, Morocco. Like, Hitler would yes. arrive to Morocco and all like, ah, oh, you have a shit on your lip. Get out of here. Like... <laughs> And it's, it's really, it's like, if I would say something, if you would say something like that in America, it would, people would be like, that's racist. But, but then like Israelis, we're not that sensitive. Like, and also my dad can't stand like Holocaust jokes. And if someone would say something about the Holocaust and we do that in Israel, <laughs> we're very dark with our youth. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, like I, I found him once, he came to my show and he was outside and I was like, what happened? And he was like, oh, there's that comedian is just telling Holocaust jokes. I don't like to hear that. So he's respectfully just left the room. Which which is the best thing to do okay, instead of heckling. That's amazing. You you respect and you understand that other people are laughing and you're like, okay, that's that's okay. That's I, I've that's so interesting to me to think about something that I like. For me, I try to think about what is something that would offend me in a comedy club that someone would say. What, what and would, I don't think I've yeah. ever had anything that will overtly has over offended me that anyone has said. Where I'm like, holy shit, you just said that. I don't think I've ever had that as a human being. Maybe I've had instances where people go, where I think to myself, man, that person's being a piece of shit. Yeah. And they're maybe using their words or what they're saying out of place. But in a stand-up situation, in a comedy club, or in an open mic, I very rarely have been offended by any joke that someone has made. I've been definitely felt cringy for someone making a shitty joke, and it bombs. Yeah, but I you feel would that just more. Want laugh. Yeah, right. But I never felt the urge. Like, for example, the other day I was at work and someone comes up to me and they go, Hey, if someone is making a joke that we don't like or something along the lines of this at the show, like, are we allowed to leave? And I thought, and one thing I thought to myself, Oh, that's, that's what on Sunday. We, yeah, we were talking about this. Wait, what? Can you say that story again? Because I tried to understand it on Sunday and I was like, Why would people. Okay. That's, that was like a stupid way to. What? Because you're already coming in with a preconception. So yeah, I'm hosting, we, we make, right? Yeah, we make fun of it, like, on Sunday. Yeah, so I'm hosting. 
seeing people um, come in these two people they were a younger couple probably no older where, than 25 do you remember where they, where were they sit, uh, sitting uh, they were sitting probably somewhere in the middle the middle okay because they had came not when like early tickets but like halfway through seating so about okay. right in the middle I go and seat them and then after like five minutes the guy comes up and they look very hipster millennial like I've got an olive those, those people that uh, don't clap yeah, anymore uh, they just do yeah, this oh my they, god and I've got an olive green sport, sport uh, jacket on I like, only buy in Whole Foods yeah I only drink kombucha <laughs> whatever so he goes hey question for you I was like what's up man he's like if we're not liking the material of the show or anything that the comedian is saying are we allowed to leave and the first thing I thought to myself was like well yeah what the fuck we're not a prison we're not yeah. holding you back like why wouldn't you be able to leave and then I said to him I was like yeah of course like why wouldn't you be able to leave he's like oh I just didn't know if like that the doors were locked or whatever and he's like what about the two drink minimum I was like I'm just I'm just thinking about like glorious bastard yeah like and I said yeah we're gonna lock you and then we're gonna burn you all yeah alive. if you don't like the show you're fucked yeah <laughs> he's like well what about the two drink minimum I was like it doesn't matter if you stay for five minutes or the whole damn show you have a two drink minimum uh, while you're in the oh show room yeah. I was like it would make more sense for you to stay the whole time and get your money's worth but if you're uncomfortable with whatever situation yeah. that you're in you're more than welcome to leave and he's like, okay, cool, thank you. And so That's hipsters. Yeah, and do. he's already, before the show even started, already telling himself that he's going to be offended. Yeah. So it's like, why would you, first of all, come to a comedy club where you know that people are going to say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and they however should. However the fuck they should. This is our therapy. Right. And he goes, and then halfway through the show, I see him outside with his girl. Like, probably like, I don't even think the show went on for maybe 40 minutes. And I see him outside with his girl, like, ordering an Uber. Yeah, they left. Oh and I was my like, God. see, I was like, you probably just Why? already wanted to go home this before the so show even started. Stupid. It's like you. Why did they leave the house? Why would they go to to? I think what it was is probably one of those. And things. then those people are so arrogant all the time. They are. Yeah. Because they think that because you're saying something that they don't believe should be said that you're They're a monster. The, the, the worst racist people on earth. Those people are trying to defend minorities are like saying like things in the name of people with accents or like refugee like no you're making a mess they're trying to be social police yeah and it's like saying. no social justice warriors is what we call it's them it's not your place and it's not like you want to adopt kids from from around the world this is racist and half the time what will happen is that they'll speak for a group of people that don't even necessarily well they don't necessarily give a shit and they don't also sponsor what you're saying yeah like you're saying that this group of people is offended by this a b and c but that group of people have never said anything to you about them being offended about it they're probably more offended that you would assume that they're offended by it we talked in the last episode with uh, dario we talked i told him that and it's a true story when i came to united states I, i didn't know like outside of united states you don't know like a lot of things that are it's kind of like here so I heard the, the N-word in, like, movies and, like, in the songs and stuff. So I didn't know what exactly it means. So I asked a few people. They were white. They were, like, whiter what? the moment that I said that word. And they were, like, don't ever say that. And they're, like, really protecting and stuff. And I, I, after that, like, I talked with, like, a couple of friends of mine that, like, they're black. And I asked them, like, 
what what's your deal with this? Like I didn't say the N word anymore. I understood it. But then I, I talked with them about the word itself, and they're like, yeah, we don't really care about it as much as white people trying to. Like I feel like the way that white people put it, it makes everything worse. Like they put it in there. Like look, this is exists. Like no, just. Well, also it's interesting too, though that. Because you have to remember that white people are always getting told by black people, like, if you say that shit, I'm going to beat your ass. See, that's a constant thing that I've heard people say to white people, like, don't you dare say the N-word. I'll kick you in your fucking teeth. Really? And, yeah, and it's become one of those things where people but are... you're not their police. Yeah, they're fearful of even, like, like thinking the damn word. It's because, like Voldemort. Yeah, because <laughs> they think that some black dude is going to come out of the woodworks and beat their ass for even mentioning the word. Yeah. And it... It's kind of become an issue where black people have overused the word to the point where it's become a social norm. Yeah, like it's become the, so the socially, black, yeah, like, like culture, it's yeah. become so socially ingrained in like modern culture and in modern pop, yeah, that it becomes like a, a dual-edged sword where you. But have then the around word. the world, we don't know that. That's true because yeah. it's a very American thing, mm-hmm. and also the word isn't something that is used outside of America because of the connotation with slavery. Yeah. There's a big, huge... Like America trying to, like, because that's a, cover it. Yeah, like that's a big problem exists. in yeah. America that a lot of the black people who were here were brought here because of slavery yeah. versus in Europe, the, a lot of the black people are there from. because they're either closer to Africa or... No, Afri- like Europe or, like, yeah, in it's, Africa. Yeah, like, Africa is, like, yeah. three states away versus America, you have a whole... No, but world. France was in charge of, like, France, like, till now, they're, they're still, like... Yeah. In uh, in Ghana, they speak French. Yep. Because and French was, yep. France was like, took over on half Europe. French, France and England. Yeah, and then they each, and then the each and European Portugal, countries. Portugal. Yeah. They kind of like divided and, yeah, Africa. Yeah. It's interesting to. So they gave them the citizenship, so they can move to France, for example. Oh, did they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, even now, like a lot of Moroccan people, they would have like dual citizenship. I didn't. I didn't know that. Because yeah. I don't. And even in Israel, we get that. So people that got deported from Spain, when they they like sent people away and they moved to Israel, now now so many years later, even if it's second generation, they can ask for citizenship for Spain. The immigration in America versus Europe is so like they don't really co match. In for example, it's like different. they don't talk about it at all. Like if you to ask someone in America about european immigration and refugees they for the most part have not a fucking idea no. of what is happening in europe versus but americans don't have any fucking idea what's going on in the rest of the world that is true like i i've met so many people like oh i love israel like where is israel like uh it's in europe no I'm like no nope. no it's not at all <laughs> And I'm fine, like, I, I don't care, like, but I don't like when people are like blaming israel for doing things but then they don't have any idea where israel is and also people in america just go and travel that's well they well also the problem is with americans that they travel interstate because yeah, america for, is so big for america they don't do that either i took my mother-in-law to new york for the first time and where is she from from massachusetts and she never had to go no, to new york it's four hours drive is she from the never suburbs been, like the middle of nowhere in the north shore and she's not the only one i've met so many people in the north like in, in around Boston. massachusetts yeah i've never been to New York, they don't care. For them to travel is to go to Florida, and then Florida in the winter time. It's so funny because they had a show last 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 winter in Florida, 
and it felt like all the crowd is people from Massachusetts and New England. It's ridiculous. It's like they're traveling south with other people, with their neighbors from around, and it's, it's I don't know, it's so funny. Well, they have the same thing for people from Illinois. A Where do they go? Arizona. To Arizona, yeah. And the same thing. Like if you look at... Have you, you heard of Portillo's? and you go to the, to the sun. Portillo's? It's on, what is it? Portillo's, the Chicago hot dog place. Why is it so familiar? Okay, I need, I need to write all of those places and things. It's like the biggest chain to come out of the Chicagoland area. Okay. But one thing that you'll notice is that it originally used to be only in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. And then they were sold to some company like a, I don't know who bought it for like two billion dollars and they started opening chains in other places but what you'll tend to notice is that they'll open new portillos in places where people from Illinois and the surrounding areas move to yeah so that because they missed home well they missed home and it's um, it's a mix of the people that have already moved away from Chicago know about portillos so they'll go and then at the same time they'll bring their friends that are not from Chicago two portillos and be like oh man this is what yeah. i used to eat in chicago like this is what you should try we have deep dish pizza in boston <coughs> what did you have uno's grill yeah mm-hmm. but it's no one really good. goes to uno's grill and says oh this is the best chicago pizza yeah like even uno's in chicago nobody goes to it i went there like last time when i was here just for like i had to like i did a video of like with weird facts about chicago and i wanted to put it in a video at the end and and it just it was like one day that I went from here to here to just like make everything. I went to an arcade to take a short video of me with a, a pinball machine, <laughs> like weird things. And then I went to Uno because it's the first place. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I was basically working. I came there and I was like, okay, I need a deep dish pizza, please, for my video. And she was like, okay, it's gonna take forty minutes. And I was like, okay, let's do it fast. Come okay, on, I, I, need, I need it for my video. Yeah, give me the pizza. <laughs> and, and also. People from, if you ever ask anyone from Chicago what their deep dish pizza is, I've never, ever heard anyone say we're going to go to Uno's. Yeah. That is a tourist spot. Yeah, I need, I need a place. I need, to do, I need to go there again. I like to a place, a good place. A good place that I can yeah. recommend is Paisano's. Paisano's. Hey, I think that's what Dario said. So fucking Really? Good. It's So a lot of the things about the Chicago pizza is that they're owned or were started off kind of by the same people. So Lumonati's okay. and Paisano's are started by the same family. All right. And they just separated into two different pizza chains. They're mostly Italian people in, yeah. in Chicago? Okay. When, like Boston is mostly Irish. Yeah, so Chicago used to be Polish and Italian. Okay. That's why we're really Polish famous for the hot dogs, like Maxwell Street hot dogs or Polish sausages. Uh, Polish food is not good. Like my whole family is Polish. Like sauerkraut? Not good. It's like the, it's like the Jewish Americans. It's all the white things without Oof. flavors or spices. Oof. My mom's side, they're Yemenis. <laughs> a lot of spices and and good food. What what is a Yemen so, dish like? What are the you guys? What do they eat? It's a lot of dough, a lot of dough, and they're all very skinny for some reason, and they die very late. This so I, I don't know how they do that. Like you have dough, like my favorite. I think one of my favorite. We have like a fried dough. We have baked dough. We have a. It's called jachnun, and it's like a Saturday morning food. So because Jewish people can't like turn on the, the heat and stuff, so they used to put it, it's like rolled uh, rolled dough, and you put it like the entire night, and it looks like this, and then in the morning you eat it for like breakfast, Saturday morning. It looks weird. Yeah. And it's like that. 
It's super good. You eat it with tomato sauce and egg. And bye, have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Um, Dario is still here. So, so, yeah, so it's, it's really good and it's a very traditional food. What do you put in it? Nothing. It's just dough. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you said we talked about uh, your your father is a military guy? Both of my parents. Both, military. Oh, both of them? What did they, what did they do? Like, <clears throat> so my dad was, so he did a lot of jobs. He worked for the Pentagon. Okay. So he worked under a first star general and did tours in uh, Africa and Iraq. Wow. Like, he has pictures. Of him going to Saddam's palace. Wow, that's like crazy. going to a bunch of places out there. And then after that, he moved to DIA, which is the defense branch of the CIA, which is called the Defense Intelligence Agency. Cool. What they do is they provide the CIA with all their information. So what he did there was he started doing background checks for the White House and did that for a few years. And then when I turned 18, he, he retired from the military and now lives in Puerto Rico. Which cool. is actually a shit show because he lives in Puerto Rico where all the earthquakes are happening right now. Have you heard about that? Oh my that? god, yes. So all is it still happening? Yeah, so they had another one today. So oh my those, god. So those earthquakes are originating in our town in Puerto Rico. Which I had just been there the 27th of December. And then the very next day, the earthquakes started. Oh my god. And at first I was like, oh, they're, they're not that big of a deal. Like, they should be fine. I'm assuming just like eh, I didn't I didn't know the severity of how the earthquakes yeah. were going, and then one night, um, apparently the tsunami because I I had asked them I was like are you guys good like what's yeah. what's going on they're like yeah there's just been some earthquakes like everything's fine I was like have you guys thought about possibly going yeah, elsewhere yeah. just due to tsunami anything they're like no nah, we're not really worried about it all as well I'm like all right cool then I guess one of the days like they had the really really big earthquake like a 6.8 oh, no. at like four in the morning oh and the God, the tsunami so alarms went off so everyone starts losing their shit and like packing up and leaving at four or five in the morning whoa and the earthquake just ravishes the town bringing up like all the roads and all things so i call them and they send me when a did picture they, when did it start the like, 28th of December. no when did it start like what year did it start to be like really bad because i remember there was like one really big it was the it was ago? the hurricane. So oh Rico, yeah, so it was there. So Puerto hurricane? Rico infrastructure already was known to be shitty. So I grew up in Puerto Rico half about half of the, my life. Every okay. summer, uh, kindergarten, the second grade, and third grade. So that's why how I know Spanish. But back then, for example, how old are you now? I'm 23. <clears throat> so back then, for example. So back then, like Puerto Rico. Almost 20 years ago, was it the same like now? Yes and no. Puerto Rico technologically and their infrastructure is not very good. So for one thing that was common in Puerto Rico is the the water would just go out for like random periods of time. Like you'll you'll come home from school and the water will be gone. Oh, and then no. it might not come back till tomorrow, it might not come back for an hour, it might not come back for two days. And that's why you're used to having like just Bucket, like buckets of Yeah, water. my grandparents would have that or the light would go out for like a few hours. And that was super like wow. normal. Or like, or if it started to rain really hard for hurricanes, it would go out. And then the the Hurricane Maria or whatever thing hit and just ravished the whole island. It left a lot of people without electricity and water yeah. for two months. Like my grandparents didn't have electricity and water for two months, but 
my grandpa is from there. He's used to that. They have yeah, gallons of water and a fucking freezer full of food. Like, they were ready for whatever. But oh not everyone God. was. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And then it's one terrible. of the things that that happened when the tsunami alarm went off was that the house that my dad lives in, which he just renovated, like spent. Uh, and he, oh, no. He probably spent maybe $100,000 on the house. Oh, because no. Because he retired from military and then yeah, moved to so Puerto Rico. Like, yeah. Because in Puerto Rico, you don't have to pay for mortgages. You buy yeah, a house buy in, for fucking $60,000. Like, yeah. You put a hundred thousand into it, and, and you have an have amazing castle. kick-ass house, yeah. which is what we had. And he just finished renovating it. No. And then the house, they send me the pictures. The house oh, is basically crazy. useless. It's what I would consider just cracked in half because it's a second two-floor house. And being a two-floor house, yeah, it's more prone to getting fucked up because the yeah. the energy from the earthquake can't dissipate. Build, do you build with like wood? Like cement. America, all awesome, yeah. cement, and they also don't build thinking about uh, earthquakes at all because it's not Why? really they, Why? because we don't really have earthquakes in Puerto Rico That's like what I'm that. Saying. So now it's like it's a common thing. All the well, n- not necessarily it's common, but Puerto Rico is known for having like small like one or twos. But I guess okay. something is happening with tectonic plates that it's yeah. starting to happen really really badly. And then they sent me the pictures, and it's <sighs> so scary just what it became like my grandparents house is no longer useful my dad's house is no longer useful and he's i'm like what are you doing he's like well i'm currently staying at someone's house that lives in america half the year and they're letting me stay here for a little bit while i get kind of just situated oh that's crazy and then he's like i'm just gonna try to figure out what to do and i was like and also my grandpa recently has been going through prostate cancer treatment. Oh, no. So it's kind of hard for him just to pick up and leave everything because they're like, they grew up there their whole life. Yeah, it's like, they're 75 years old. Yeah, they don't want to leave. And then to tell them like, look, we got to go because everything here is fucked up. They're just kind of like not really okay with it. They're just kind of like, mm, no, that's not happening. And these are the pictures they sent me. Oh my God, this is crazy. Whoa. Wow, this is so scary. Super scary. Like, this is what they left oh, to. No. And then he sent me more pictures on WhatsApp. And I, like, I looked at them and I processed them. And, like, a lot of people are asking me, like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what do you know? And I was like, honestly, I haven't called much because there's nothing really that I can do. Yeah, there's nothing there's to do. There's more. Like, it, in general, for yeah. us. Like, like, I can, my sympathies go out and I'm really bothered by the fact that i've lost this place that i wanted my kids to experience but yeah but then what do you have to do right there's nothing that i could do me calling becomes more of an inconvenience and more of an annoyance because they're already trying to figure it out paranoid right like so these are the pictures they sent me of the rest of the house just everything is just even worse wow it's so scary at least it's standing yeah and it's still standing but you can't be in the house because no you can't the fear of like imagine imagine this pillar just giving (gasps) out on you oh no and he's just like my god like this is scary and also it's crazy yeah it is so it's that's been one of our like the biggest issue going on in the last week and i'm like what are you gonna do like i try to ask you know just a little bit of their like just maybe like a thought wait so that was when did you say that happened like a few days ago a few days ago okay and there's, they've been staying at that other place. And I asked him, I was like, what is, what's on the agenda? Like, what are you going to do now? Like, what are you thinking? 
he's like, well, maybe I can go look for another place on another side of the island or something like that. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I was like, give the fucking dream up. I was like, I appreciate you wanting to be back yeah. in Puerto Rico and all the financials make more sense. Yeah. But in terms of investments, it's not, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not safe. It's yeah. not trustworthy. Look at what's happened to you in the span of four years that you've been here. You this got the fuck. So annoying, though. And oh it's so God. shitty. Like, I don't want to have to be the one to tell them this and have to be the one to be like, look. Wait, are your like, parents are still together? No, they're not. So, so they're divorced. Your mom? My mom lives in the suburbs, like 45 okay. minutes from here. Okay. So he, she, he lives in Puerto Rico with my stepmom. And it's hard to be the person that's like, just give it up like yeah. like you kind of have to be the the hard ass yeah or at least and like for me i'm never scared to tell the truth and just be blunt with it but it's kind of shitty like having to tell them like just give up the dream like it's yeah, like you guys you just lost yeah, your you're like your house you have to basically start from scratch again on, yeah it is like the start from, right from the and on top of that you have the responsibility of dealing with your parents that are yeah, 75 years old plus a oh cancer treatment plus crazy. our Our other great grandpa that also lives with us, we had to send him to Chicago with our cousins, and it's just like. How is the rest of the island? Like, is it probably, mostly in one area? Or so the like earthquakes are like happened on like our side of the island and have ravished like mostly that part, but like the whole island is affected when in terms of like the light will go out for like two thirds of the country. It's terrible. And like things like that, so it's super a toss up right now. What? Of what life in Puerto Rico is going to be for the next coming month. Yeah, I'm thinking like all the global warming things. I'm just like things are changing. I like to think about it that way. I also, I have this bit about if you live somewhere and you're constantly, like I, I talk about, people ask me, oh Gino, what is life in Puerto Rico like after the hurricane? And I was like, life in Puerto Rico before and after the hurricane was the same shit. It's a third world ass country. You can buy beer for 75 cents at every gas station you go to, <laughs> but you use the American dollar. And it's such a weird like explanation that I have to give to people and paint a picture of what it's like in Puerto Rico. It's yeah. like, it's not, it's a, it's what we would consider a second world country. It's not a first world country, not America. It's, it's not, not a thir- third world. It's not a third yeah. world country. It's not Africa, but it's somewhere right it's, oh in the God, middle. That's like you have American support. You use the American dollar, but when things go shitty in Puerto Rico, it's like the Americans could or couldn't help you. They could decide what they want. That's, that's why, why more people don't come to the United States. Well, one thing that you'll notice, or at least I noticed in Puerto Rico the last time I went is that the population of Puerto Rico is really old. It's a lot of old mm. people. What happens is the people that are my age and a lot of my, Going to visit. Uh, a lot of my friends leave because yeah. there's no, The federal income in Puerto Rico is like $7 an hour. Oh, my God. And their their price of living is higher than America because you have to ship everything in. So, like, gallons of milk is $5. Oh, no. But beers are fine. Beers are super cheap if you buy the Puerto Rico ones. But everything else, like, if you buy a car, it's five or $6,000 more okay. in than Israel, the original price. In Israel, you pay 100% or 150% tax on a car. Holy like shit. to buy a new car is oh. not real. It's not realistic. Not at all. No. It, do they do that so you use public transportation or is that... Yeah. It's not that amazing, but... I think the only good transpo- transportation that I've ever took was in Europe. Like Paris, the metro, and the tube in London. Yeah. 
But then the the subway in New York, I wasn't very impressed. It's very confusing. It's confusing and it's hot as shit and smells yeah. disgusting. Yeah, but that's like also in the cube in the the metro. Nah, but it's bad though. But the, Boston the New- is ridiculous. Well, the the New York subway in the summertime is the most disgusting really? place on the planet. So Ugh. New York is hot and humid. And you'll go into the subway and it'll be 30 degrees warmer and oh, 40% more humid. And I'm like, Mm-mm, I'll walk there. Oh, yeah. In New York, I mostly walk. I don't think they... Maybe I took it like three times in the subway, but... Like, that's what you need to get from one side to the other. Yeah. But not... Okay. I have to ask you this about Ubers. How do you feel about taking Ubers? Like, I don't know, like, sketchy a little bit. Like, it's a little, like, creepy that's... Who's this guy? And why do I know his name? And he knows everything about me. He knows my address. He can come over. Whenever he wants. Yeah, it is like kind of a creepy thing. Then from another way, I don't know. That, that's what I'm like thinking recently. I had like that last week. I had a little bit of breakdown a little bit. I, I don't know. I blame Larry David. It was, I became very paranoid and very pessimistic on everything. And... I just realized that it's a lot of Larry David. I watch Kerber Enthusiasm a lot, yeah. like three times a day or something. Like when I'm eating breakfast, when I'm eating lunch, and then when I'm going to sleep. And I was like, all right, no more Larry David. He's ruining my life. I'm depressed because of him. But then also like all the, the global warming thing, like all the Australia thing, and it just like made me very depressed. And I was like, oh my God, this is the end of the world and everything. But then now I'm thinking that it's, it's like something is changing and it's okay. So it's... It's like the Uber thing. Like, yeah, he can come to my house and rape me or something. But worst thing can happen, and they don't. True. So that's that's my that's why I'm like, okay, Australia is happening now because it needs to happen. Like a lot of things are happening, and and like when I'm traveling, and also like I, I was before traveling, and I'm always scared and paranoid before traveling. Yes. Yes, most people like, are. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to die on the airplane. I hate flight. I hate like the the old travel. If I could just like do this and be there, it would save me so much like panic attacks, I guess. Just the intermediate time. Yeah, but then when I land, I'm like, all right, I'm good. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it's like yeah. getting a it's like getting a shot. Yeah, but I was always scared like maybe someone is killing is gonna kill me because I'm from Israel and my show called Israel <laughs> Wonder. And the reason I'm saying that I posted my shows on just the group of Chicago, and it says Israel Wonder. And somebody liked it, somebody that I don't know. His name is something that's foreign that I don't know. And his profile picture, which I bet that it's a joke, is him wearing a bomb belt. Bomb belt? How do you call that? Like belt? Like a terrorist bomb belt? Yes. And I saw that, and he's the only person who liked my post. And I was like, uh, I am more paranoid right now. Which I bet that it's a joke. Again, I hope that it's a joke. Like this my show is, not is funny, on Saturday. Dude. We'll see on Saturday what's going on. But yeah, I, w- I was kind of like scared of that. But, th- but then again, like if something like that would happen, it would happen. I can die while I'm driving uh, in the highway. Like I can die right now. Like something can brain go wrong. Yeah, some things are happening all the time. That's what I'm like, okay, nothing has been changed. Well, not, not a lot of people ask themselves that question too. What? When, can, when, when am I going to die? Yeah, I'm like... You know how many people work at jobs that they don't fucking like? And never think to themselves, I could die tomorrow and I have not done yeah, I anything know that with my life that is interesting. And then I was thinking if I'm going to die on stage because my show called Israeli Wonder, 
I'm going to be famous the day after. Hey, at least you die and do something yeah. you love. Yeah, and people will talk about me. Because you only have one life, too. Yeah, A lot of people forget exactly. that yeah. the amount of time that you spend doing something is not something you're ever going to be able to get back. And that's why I, like people will ask me, like, oh, why don't you work a nine-to-five job? Like, why don't you do it? I was like, I'm not – like, let's break down the basic math for you. You have to spend 40 hours a week at work, right? Oh, my God. That's 40 hours that you need to be there, like, to get your paycheck. Yeah. Then you have the hour of lunch each of those days that you get. So that's now 45 hours in a week. But for that lunch, you don't have enough time necessarily to go home to do what you need to do. Because usually your commute, let's say on average is 30 minutes. Okay. Now you add 30 minutes to every day. That's two and a half hours for the week. Yeah. So now you're at 47 and a half hours that you're dedicating. to work or arrive to work. That's 47 and a half hours a week you're spending doing something that you may not necessarily like to do. The way there and the way back, it's the yeah, same thing. It's, it's part way, of it. Yep. You don't like it's, the way there. Exactly. The way back. So you already have to add that to the thing. Then you have to account for the time it takes for you to get ready to go to work. So let's yeah. add another 30 minutes on top of that every day. So that's five hours a week you're spending going to work and getting prepared for work. That is 50 hours in one week you're spending on brain power that you have something that you do not want to do. Yeah. For what? That's to terrible. gain money, to buy things that you don't necessarily need. Then those people sometimes they don't have the same worries that you and I have as comedians. First of all, as a comedian, I do think that it's it's true, and we would be more paranoid and more like because smarter people or I don't think that it's smart. I think that it's like no people that have a lot of knowledge. Like I don't I don't consider a lot of people they have a lot of knowledge, but they're not very smart people. Yeah, it's more consciousness. Like, yeah, it's like the conscious. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're going to be aware to a lot of things that other people wouldn't be aware to. So it, it would make you depressed sometimes because you see too much things and too much knowledge would... Like, look at scientists. Have you ever saw a happy scientist? Oh, they're fucking sad. They come all the time to eat at the restaurant and they work in Boston because it's like next to Harvard and MIT. They're, they're like sad people. They never smile and, and I'm like, they know too much. It yeah. kills you. Look at like people in Africa that, that those tribes that they don't have anything. They're happy. You see that smile on they their face? They, they appreciate everything. They would appreciate water. For me, I have, I have a joke that like old ladies in the restaurant with like white ladies, they appreciate things that should, shouldn't be appreciated by them. Like I would give them like tap water and they would like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like, ma'am, you're not in Africa. You don't have the right to appreciate yeah, it. You don't thing. know shit. <laughs> like who the fuck do you think you are? Karen. <laughs> Karen and Sarah sit down. Yeah, Sarah, it's another name. Yeah. I love using. I love. But Sarah would be Jewish. Well, I give. She would be mean in, too. In my stand-up, one of my favorite things to do is to give people of races like generic ass names. Yeah. So if yeah, I make Karen a joke about a Mexican racist. girl, she's gonna be named Maria. <laughs> if it's a Mexican dude, his ass is gonna be probably Jose so you or see, Pablo. So people, people would would blame you to be like I don't remember. I said something about Jewish people. And somebody said that it's racist. And I was like, excuse me, that's mine. I earned yeah. that. Like, calm down. I can say whatever I fucking want about Jewish people. Also, you don't even have to defend yourself and what you say. If yeah. what you say on stage you is problem, funny, that's all that matters. Yeah. I was having a conversation yesterday with one of my coworkers at, at the factory. And we were talking about how um, there'll be these rules that comedians will have set up. Amongst, like, amongst us, us ourselves, we have like rules right yeah never try not to run the light yeah try which not i to, am so sorry yeah. i didn't i wasn't aware no, of that okay. thing it's like, try to not be overtly racist just for being racist 
Like, if you're going to be racist, at least be funny. Oh, yeah, of course. You can't be racist and without it. I was telling line. him that, like, there's a lot of people that will make up little stupid social stand-up rules that you don't even yourself have to abide by, but people will abide by it. And they'll like kind what? of... Like, I'm trying to remember a perfect example. But, for example, you'll have comedians that will get mad at someone for doing crowd work. Oh, that comic's not a good comic. All he does is crowd work. He's practicing. One right. day it's going to be better than right. you. Well, I also, a lot of people have to remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do on stage as long as you get laughter. Because that's yeah. what that's what our job is to do is to make people laugh. You could go on yeah. stage and take a shit. And if they laugh at it, you've accomplished your job. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people get so caught up in the little fundamental rules of, oh, you can't uh, do this or you can't do so that. That's and it's like, comedy. it's like you're restricting yourself as a comedian for that and whatever your prejudice on Mm -hmm. life are keep that shit away from me i'm gonna do whatever i think is good for me and if the audience responds to it that's who it matters to not yeah but then from another hand i do i do like to hear what other people think about my set sometimes then sometimes i wouldn't give a shit right like i i would have the rights for myself to but i would like to listen what they have to say Sometimes they would just like laugh in my heart and be like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, and, yeah. And then it's the idea of, too, of like some people will be like, oh, that's a cheap joke. Yeah. It's like it's not a cheap joke if you make it not a cheap joke. Yeah, like there's those words that I, in the beginning, I remember that I just found out that whenever that you say the word shit on stage or poop, people would laugh. Right. Not because it's funny. It makes them feel uncomfortable, so it would make them laugh. Right. And I had a friend that told me that like, you're better than that. Yeah, some people would use it for their entire set. You're better than that. Don't end your jokes like that. And I was like, okay, I like that thing. Right. But then, like, last week, and this is something that I tried, like, a couple of times this week, uh, my husband gave me a pretty funny joke that I that fits to, like, other jokes that I'm saying, and it includes the word clit. Okay. Which is, all, you're already smiling. It right. is a funny word. Right. So I don't think, I, I feel a little uncomfortable to say that on stage because he said, it kind of like challenged me. I was like, yeah, you're not going to be able to say that on stage. And I said like, haha, challenge accepted. Let's do it. And then I said it and I just realized that like, no, it's like the, the poop jokes. People would laugh no matter what. Even if it, it is a funny joke, <laughs> but even if it wouldn't be that funny, it's a funny, it's yeah. a funny word. And as it's long like, as it's original, what you're saying too. Yeah. Like people think it's all oh, it's a cop out. Like, but then like like there's so many things like like nowadays like keep it clean and I'm like, no kids today know much more than we do about porn and about sex and like no we can't we don't need to keep it clean. Well, also, it's more likely that people are or at least from around here it's more likely people are dirty than clean. Yeah, all well, everywhere. Like maybe you if you go to the middle of the country where the values are a little bit different. Like say you go, even like, say you drive you three hours clean over there. Or no, the, it's not so. clean because the human experience is the same, yeah. but the way that they operate socially is more oh, okay. clean. Yeah. Because they're like, if you go more South and into like the rural parts of the country, they tend to be more God oriented yeah. and more okay. oriented yes. in terms of like, uh, the family will look bad on, on Sunday at church yeah. if you do this say and the whole town will talk about you because there's fucking 400 people in the town oh and God. everyone knows each other. So that's why it becomes one of those verses here where you could just pop off on people, say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to go home and I may or may not see them again. Like mm-hmm. it's a huge city. Like, eh. 
yeah, it's cool. I like that. I, I prefer that way then. But then, like, people would ask me sometimes if I have, like, clean material. <laughs> and then, yes, but they might say the F word. I don't know. Fuck. I, I, like, I, I don't realize. I like what's that. clean to you is not what is clean to me. Yeah, I'm like, if it's a bit. I, I also, like, I bet that even if one day I'm going to have chill. Because, but I'm, I'm bla- like, in Hebrew, I do know that I'm not cursed. Like, I'm not swearing in my set. Because I'm not, I don't swear usually. But then in English, it's different for me because it's not my culture. And then when I came here, I, I hear a lot of words. So I say fuck most, like, more than I would say that in Israel. It's a buffer word. Yeah, it's just, like, it's not something that I would even realize that I'm saying. Because it's not my language. So, I'm like, I have a lot of things that I'm not realizing that I'm saying. I just, like... I heard them, so I repeat them. Okay. I'm like a little kid. So if people saying fuck next to me, I would repeat you're, that. You're like a little, like a, like a parrot. Yeah. You say one bad word fuck. and you're like, you're like fuck. hold on, wait, yeah, I'm, si- I'm sitting on the couch at home, like, cunt, cunt, cunt. Cunt is funnier. Your, your husband's I like, what the cunt. fuck is going on over there? <laughs> you understand only those words now. <laughs> what, um... What inspired you? All right, when you were a kid, what point did you say, okay, I could do stand-up? I think when I was five, and I realized that it's really, like, I used to watch those, like, it's, it's like sketch shows from the 90s, and I loved it. And then I grew up, I watched the, the Whose Line Is It, anyway? In Hebrew, though, in the Hebrew version. Shel mi azot. And yes, I watched those, and then I used to, like, do the same impression. Like, I, I learned something. I was like, okay, I'm going to try that on my cousins or something. And they laughed. And I was like, oh, I like that. I mm. like that feeling. So I didn't write as much as I, like, I was a kid. But then I remember when I was in seventh grade, I just learned by heart a, a stand-up comedian, Israel stand-up comedian set. Like, it was five minutes. I learned it by heart. And I asked my teacher if I can say that to the class. She was like, okay. And I did, and my te- like, teachers hated, hated me. So for me, if I came with an idea, it, and it means that I'm gonna like Look leave the stupid. teacher and no, alone. No, if I'm gonna like not be a problem in the class at the moment, they so would give me. The, she would be just like, yeah, if you're gonna shut up and don't talk to me, yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, so so I did it, and it was pretty good. It, and it what felt did the kids like say? pretty good. They laughed. It was funny. Okay. I was like obsessed. So I I was like exposed to all of those like comedy stuff. And they were not. So I was like, I delivered them those things because in 2000, the early 2000s, stand up wasn't like as much as it today. Like all children are watching YouTube. Yeah. Back then, it's like if you, if you miss that on TV, you wouldn't. It's way harder to, to consume. Yeah. yeah, so I was obsessed with that. I was obsessed with sketch comedy. And then I, I wrote a, an episode for a, a, my favorite TV show of like two comedians back then. And I was 14, and I got my friends to help me, and we did it, and it was pretty good. Like, it was, uh, we're 14, it was it amazing. It was pretty good for a 14-year-old. For, for what we had, it was amazing. And then we did that, and then after a few months, I said, okay, I'm going to do comedy. And it started when I was 15. So what is, what is the stand-up community like in it? Israel. In Israel, it's it's very it's very good. It's is amazing. Is it the same it's, as here, where you have to go sign up and do open mics? Yes, I remember when I started to comedy. There were like few different time because I think like few years later it became like a big thing that everybody wanted to do stand up, and but they brought stand up from New York. Like the the person that brought the stand up to Israel, his name is Vilozny, and he went to New York. 
he saw stand up and he brought it to Israel with him. He was like, okay, we're going to open that, like, that stand up club. And to bring it, like, you know, like more like as a stand up thing. I think it was like in the 70s or the 80s, I bet. But we had a lot of comedy before that. Like, Jewish people are funny people, I guess. It's something like it helped us pass a lot of bad moments and bad oh, times, shit. I guess. You so. guys better be funny because yes. your history yeah. is yeah. fucked. Yeah, it's like that. So, we're like, it's like black people. Black people and Jewish people, we're funny because we, we, we use it in a, as a weapon. There's a coping mechanism. Yeah. We need that. White people haven't been oppressed enough. That's why yeah, it's funny. like, nah, Karen, come on. <laughs> so shut the hell up, please. Yeah. I, Stop complaining. I, I find it funny in a third person perspective. It's not funny when they're doing it, but it's funny watching them go about it. Thinking that it's It's funny watching them go about doing something that they think is going to accomplish one thing, but actually accomplishes the complete opposite and makes them look stupid. White people or yes. comics? White people. No, I mean, I'm talking about like a Karen situation. Yeah, Karen situation. Is where she, she's like, I'm going to talk to the manager and be overtly loud and overtly aggressive yeah, I mean, like, and assume that I'm going to get what I want. She, she probably will get what she wants. But Karen, I have bad news for you. In the moment that you leave, the manager and the team right. and the kitchen and the, the, the dishwasher, everyone is going to make fun of you together because we're a team but i guess we're, that's ignorance that's back to the conversation of ignorance is bliss there's if you yeah. if you're not conscious of this situation they, do, they don't you're know where that's world. why i have i have a brilliant idea i think that like like the army in israel it's mandatory i feel like one month serve in a restaurant is going to be mandatory they should do that and then every person in the world is going to be so much better to each other like for sure the Karen is going to be nicer because she's she understand. She doesn't understand what it's like. Yes. Your ketchup's not important, she's, bitch. Yeah, she's not going to like change her dish for like five times and like change everything and ask for other things instead. And that lady with the, with the, the printed the, the things that she allergies to, she has, do you know those people with the, the list? Yeah. They printed it at home and they would give it to you to give to the chef. And I'm going to make fun of them. Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. You, don't you wish sometimes... I've definitely had this conversation with my boyfriend where I say or at least for me, I spend a lot of time thinking, or as a comic and as a person, thinking about why people do the things that they do. Racks my... Attention! Racks my fucking brain. Well, sometimes, not even the ones that don't do shit for attention. The ones that do things that you're just like, why the fuck would you... Feel superior. ...ever think about doing that? And it becomes one of those never-ending things. So what, what's your I, main thing that you came up with? people are fucking idiots no I, I think that it's like the white white person feeling like I don't know like more superior like well, better than others so he would ask the waiter for like unnecessary thing just to feel that he's better than him well I don't even see I don't even know if I attribute it just to white people I attribute it just to human beings as general I don't like, know, like black people don't have a lot of annoying questions when they're like in the restaurant no, they don't. Unless but they, they speak but French, but they're not going to tip you. They don't have a lot of like annoying things in restaurants, but if you go to a movie theater, you find uh, a black woman in the back yelling at the, at the screen. That's like a stereotype. That's a stereotype. I don't think I've ever I've had I've had that really happen to me. Where I've, had a, I've gotten, I've had an issue with a woman in the movie theater where my mom started arguing with her and telling her to shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like she's eating popcorn loud as fuck. <laughs> next to us making a whole mess and like yelling at the screen and then i look at her and she like 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 jumps down my throat because i was looking at her and i was like what the fuck and my mom is like 
hey, bitch, like, you better calm down and shut the fuck up. Like, we're over here trying to watch the movie. Like, Your mom said yeah, that? Yeah, she's oh like, man, God, pipe down. Care. Like, no one is doing anything to you. Like, I don't know. Sit down Na- nowadays, I'm scared to, like, tell people what things. Oh, my mom is a down-ass bitch. That's I love amazing. it. Shout out to my mom. That's she crazy. Goes, yeah, my, yeah. my mom could genuinely be probably one of the funniest stand-up comics because she just doesn't give a fuck. Like she'll, she will argue with anyone. Would she ever try to do stand-up comedy? You should no, she's her too to shy. That. Really? I was shy. I'm still shy. I don't consider myself as a very funny person in, in regular life. Like even back then, like when I started, I yeah. was so scared. So what yeah, am I doing? I think everyone inher- inherently has a... Most of stand-up comedians are very like close You, you have a like, public speaking... I think it's ingrained in human beings, just the idea of putting yourself in front of everyone and being the leader. Yeah. Like it's it gets easier, but but I do think that as stupid as you are, it makes it easier. Well, like, yeah. Like look at Trump. That is true. It's like. Well, it's the idea of. Like if a, if he would be aware to himself, he would never do that. Do you ever he wish would you were dumber sometimes? Of. Yeah. I, oh my God. Yes. I have this argument where like I'll have such a tiring day. Oh my day, God. I yeah. I'm like, why do I need to think about those things now? Like, you're like I wish I was just stupider. I, yeah. I wish I was a dumber I'm, human I'm being so that I couldn't sometimes. even think about this situation right now. But yeah. I'm thinking about it and it's racking my brain, but I can't get away from it because I'm not stupid. Oh and you're like, God, I, I wish I and do. pray to God sometimes I would wake up just mm-hmm. and not have to think about some yeah. of the things that you spend time thinking about. Yeah, like Karen, for example, with all my disrespect to her, sometimes I'm jealous of those people. They're fucking morons. They live in their own they, world. Yeah, and they have no worries in their life. Their worry is like how much sugar they're gonna put in their latte. But it's also And I'm like, oh that's that sounds like a nice it's thing a, to it's worry nice, about. but it's a flip side because also you feel bad. Like you know that these people are not completely aware of the things that they're doing. And there's a certain level yeah, of sadness but, to that too. Yeah, but from the side. But when you live their life, I don't think that they think the same things. No, no, not at all. Well that's that's, that's why I'm like, I wish it would be a little dumber like for that way. Like sometimes I would be jealous at people that they have like a boring job and they're even if they're not very happy they're fine with it. Yeah, I can't. Because I, for me I'm not that person and I'm worried all the time and I'm so stressed all the time and I need to be very creative all the time and I'm like oh my god I have so much work. And then I look at them and they would tell me like yeah I'm working really hard I'm like fuck you you're not you're, you're not, do nothing. You're, you go home and watch yeah. Netflix afterwards. Uh, yes. It's like back to you. This one, I'm jealous of those people. I, they're no, on their I, day off. They would sit and do nothing so, and feel good about they're it. They're so fucking scary. The people who go to work 50 hours a week to come home to only watch Netflix, to eat dinner, to go to sleep, to repeat the process the whole week over out. Over and over And again. then Friday, they spend their whole night getting absolutely shit-faced drunk because they hate the week. Then the next day, they wake up Saturday and do the same hangover. shit and then sunday well they're hungover saturday part they push through it drink all day saturday to wake up on sunday hungover again to have to worry about going to work tomorrow how the fuck yeah, do people live that way I, I have no idea i would never be able to do that just thinking about it makes me stress but sometimes i'm jealous of those people yeah because i'm just like that's like being simple they, is, yeah they're like they easy. don't worry about those things it sounds just like oh whatever and then they retire and they move to Florida or to Arizona. Well, then they do nothing with their lives. No, yeah, it's the true. same people who... But it doesn't bother them as much as it bothers you and me. Well, yeah, and that's also probably the reason why we do what we want to do. Yeah. And also, one thing that I don't like is the idea of people just doing the same thing that their parents did. And you'll find that a lot in suburban places where... What do you mean? So, for example, 
the the average human or suburban knight, this is the way their life path goes. They're born, they go to school, and in high school they yeah, the find school they have their high school sweetheart. They marry their high school sweetheart. Go they college. they go to college or to community college. Yeah. <laughs> Either finish or not finish. Usually doesn't matter. And what they'll tend to do is that they'll follow their parents into whatever path that their parents are doing. Really? So say for, yeah. So say, for example, your dad is an electrician. What a lot of people will do is they won't ever leave home. They'll still be 23, 24, 25, living at home. Oh, my God. Doing the same thing that their father is doing or that their family members have like been doing. Like on that thing, I have to yeah. say that when I was a kid, since I was a kid, I always promised, I promised her when the moment that I'm going to be 18, I'm going to leave the house. I promise you. I don't want to be here. And not in a bad way. It's not like I didn't like to live with her. I just wanted to not be under what she's deciding Being, for me. I'm yeah. Like, I love her. She's best mom in the world. But but I no, I told it's her. It's your that, time. And I did it. Yeah. And I'm, she didn't believe when I did it. She was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, I told you. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't do that in a mad way. I'm like, I don't want to live with you. I'm just like, yeah, I'm pref- I like living with you. I prefer to live in a different place. But yeah, and your relationship city. with them gets better too. Yeah, definitely. Because you... They're no yeah, she longer. appreciates me more. That like, oh, now I miss you. Ha ha. It's like, you would have think about it earlier. Whereas before, you come home mad as hell from work, and yeah. you're like, man, fuck you. Like, See? you're. All... <laughs> but yeah, those people, like, yeah, sometimes I would be jealous of them. Like that, that like path, and and then they go to work, and they have a work. Like, as a comedian, I don't know. Like now, I'm trying to make my dreams come true without being a waitress, and it's super hard. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I might have to go back to be a waitress for a little bit more. And there's nothing wrong with that, but. Yeah, that's at true. Least, but then, like, for me, I'm like, at I least, want to do comedy. Well, and then, well, at least you look at it this way. When you're going to be on your deathbed, like, say, for example, what will happen is you'll be old, yeah. right? Hopefully, that's how you die. You die of yeah. old age in your sleep, the most peaceful way, whatever. And you'll be at the end of your deathbed thinking about, man, the fun that I had and the yes. journey that I had trying to do this shit is much more fun than the safety that people claim to have because you don't even as a person who works in an office you don't necessarily have as much stability as you might assume that you have a lot of people think that because they work at an office and a nine-to-five job they're not expendable but a lot of the times you're just a number on a sheet yeah to that's true. like the dude who lives in new york city who's the ceo of this five thousand plus employee company has not a fucking idea who you are and yeah. a lot of people tend to but, but then another thing so there's those people that work really hard all the time like all their life, and then they would get retired finally, and then they're gonna. They always say like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start my life when I'm gonna retire." Like you're missing so many great years behind you. Like this is the time. Like for me, like now, I'm almost thirty, and I start to feel really tired for no reason, and I just don't want to imagine what's gonna happen when I'm gonna be like fifty or sixty years old. You're gonna be tired all the goddamn time. I know. I don't want to be tired back then and start my life then. I want to enjoy the time that I can live my life now. Hopefully, I will be rich from comedy one day. And I'm counting on it. Well, also, otherwise, I'm not going to be able to retire. When you die, nobody you gives don't a take shit. anything no, with yeah, you. No one cares. You Nothing have all happens. this money, and it's like, all right, you you worked 40 years and you saved up at this job, but those yeah, 40 years, your kids, your shitty kids. Yeah, your kids are like, man, fuck this yeah. dad. He worked 40, 50 hours yeah. a week and didn't care about us as much as he should. Yeah, have. that's true. That's like okay. the world. Yeah, we're, we're way too long. That's amazing. I love it. That, that was really fun. Yeah, so what, what's your plan? So you're going to... 
Where do you perform usually? Um, honestly, as, as of right now, I don't have any place that I perform on a regular basis because I'm working at night. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. But I'm happy that I'm at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, that's a good place. So I, I can do open mic Tuesdays, like put my name in. Wait, what? When's the open mic on Tuesday? It's today. Yeah, but what, what time is that? The one at eight? That's the only one. I have one show. Okay. So what'll happen is today, since you're on as one of the comics, it'll be two comics, eight minutes each, three open micers, four minutes, two comics, eight minutes each. Oh, okay. Three That's open cool. micers, four minutes each, and then two closers. Nice. <coughs> Yeah, so so that's a good. I had a I have a friend. She's like one of my favorite female comedians in the world. She's Israeli, and she was working in a. She was, I don't even remember what exactly she did, but she was there all the time. She was like kind of like the manager of a of a comedy club, like not the the owner or something, but she was like managing once in a while. And at some point, she decided she wants to do stand up. And I remember that she stole a joke from Sarah Silverman. Doron, if you're listening, I love you for that too. It was funny. Like yeah. nobody in Israel knows who Sarah Silverman is anyway. But uh, but then like of course she stopped. It was the beginning of the beginning. Yeah. Uh, she was just testing her yeah, stage yeah, presence. Yeah, it is like I don't I don't consider it as stealing. Uh, but back then I remember that I was like, what is she doing? She's taking my spot. Like I'm the female like in the era. But I, I love her so much and she's so funny. But she started in that way and then like she went into the comedy world when she knew a lot of people already. She had the connections because when you're like working in a place, you will get so many people who would come and like try to be nice to you for no reason because they think that you have a say, yep. which most of the time people have a say. You do. Like if you're going to go to someone that's, I don't know, like, and so a lot of people, so you will get connections to random people that are nice to you for basically not a big reason. Yep. Like they even, they, they can fake it. And I know so many people that came to me like so nice. And then I'm like, what? Like there is a comedian in Boston. who's like, how did you get a spot in Laugh Factory? And I was like, hi, how are you? We never like, talk. Be, What's up? Do you want to be my friend? I'll yeah, be your like, friend, no like, problem. Yeah, like don't be an asshole. Yeah, but you don't start a conversation like that. Well, most like, people are. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you don't be nice to me in the moment that you need me. Like, but anyway, anyway, like it's a it's an amazing opportunity to like, because stand-up, I don't, I, I, like, this is something that I learned in the last year more than ever. It's not only going up on stage and tell jokes. It's so much more politics. than that. It's politics. It's business. It's, it's promotion. It's know-how to, to edit something on, on Photoshop sometimes and how to, you know, the good times on, like, posting <laughs> posts on, on Instagram. There's so much into it. And it's, it's amazing to, like, work. And also the Laugh Factory, like, it, People are so nice. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so lucky that I'm like, I had the chance to like, and thank you to Brian Morton for, for doing Brian, it for me like yeah. last time and, and to Curtis for, for, for giving me the, the opportunities. But it's, it's such an incredible place. I love it. Like it's a place that I, I'm coming and I feel so welcome and so good and, and people are nice to me. It doesn't happen in Boston most of the time. In Boston, if you would make it to a, a big club or something, people would look at you like, how did you get here? Who yeah, are you? What did you do? Yeah, yeah, and I hate yeah. that. Yeah, well, we're happy that you're out here. Yeah, when you're having I a good stay. time. I want to go back. Come move to Chicago. It's time. Yeah, it's the warm-up city. Yeah, it, it, it will happen. It will happen eventually. Either here or LA. I want people to judge me. I I, I almost moved to LA when I graduated school. Really? Yeah. What 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 kept you here? Um, Your mom. My roommate that I was gonna go with. No, my. 
I, I've been out of my house since I was 18. Okay. And I don't really, like, I won't do things because I'm not because my parents. I'm an only child, so it's like, I'm yeah, always, yeah, me too. It's I, it's a mean thing to do, by the way. Uh, it is. <laughs> I get so thing. mad at my parents for that shit. I tell them, my parents are like, oh, yeah, we're we we're going to have kids every Olympic year. And then I got divorced before the next year. I was like, you guys are trash. <laughs> I was like, how are you going to say some stupid shit like that and then get divorced? Like, oh, my fuck? God. But it's a nice way to grow up, though. You kind of just fend for yourself. and Yeah. Like, you're you like, you're, you don't need other people. You don't need Th- anyone's That's approval. what I got from, yeah. And it, I got the same thing. Well, me. definitely, too. I, at least I find this in my relationships. I, I tend to get told that I have only child tendencies. Like, if I don't want to be somewhere and I don't you like be. you, I won't be there. Yeah. I, and then I, also, like, it's a terrible habit. Oh, my God. If I don't like person. you as a person, You'll get you can tell. Like, yeah. if you're in the same room as me, I, I don't like you. Do you think you. it's because you're, you're, like, only child? Or do you think it's, like, the way that your parents, like, raised you? Like, for me, I know that it's an Israeli thing. I don't know. I, maybe it's a Latino thing. Yeah, I think I think I, it's like a cultural thing more certain, than like a so like it's a, like a certain level of pride where it's like I don't want to see you because like, people in LA would be like that. Yeah, and that my boyfriend is from Los Angeles and he will sit, he would go straight yeah, to the he'll yeah. go straight to the fakery just sitting through things with people and just like acting like everything was okay. But no, a lot of Americans are like, oh my god, I love your dress, I and I was like, huh. Uh, it's no, like if I don't if I, if I don't like you, it's like fuck you, get away from me. I do not want to see your face, and I hate being the person that it pains me more to have a fake conversation than for me to just ignore you and act like you don't exist. Yes, I'm not going and hanging I'm, out yeah, with I'm comedians gonna, in Boston a lot of I'm times. I'm not going to act like I like you. That. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, like in, in Boston, <laughs> every time that I would go to like to sit with comedians or something, it would feel like so fake and they they liked me only, like, I don't know, it would feel that some comedians would like me only because they did a spot at the La Factory Chicago. And I, I swear to God, it like since I did it like in the summer, I felt it in Boston. Like, that's why, like, before that, they didn't like me. I'm like, nah, also, I don't like that. Also, that's fake. Yeah, and they, also they think that you have to something to prove. Yeah, all the time. Too. And I'm like, so I don't like to hang out with them. And, and that's uh, that's how I, I solve it. But then I'm not getting booked to a lot of shows because I'm not hanging out with them. But then to get booked in some shows, you have to go and lick their buttholes. And I'm like, I don't do that. You're like, fuck you. I don't uh, like you yeah. enough to do that. Yeah, even if I would like you enough, I have a husband and don't want to lick your asshole. I don't, I'm not like... Yeah, it's like your asshole's not clean enough for me to live. Yeah. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is a lot of like Bostonian vibes. Well, have, you, have you thought about moving? Oh, yeah. My husband is from there and he doesn't want to move. I told him, what if Conan O'Brien would call me one day? Oh, yeah, we did talk about this the other day. Yes, and then he said, like, yeah, first he should call you. So now I'm waiting for him to call. You're like, please, Lord, just give me the yeah. fucking call. Hold on, if you're listening. Please, Lord, please, help please, us. Just give me a call. I'm not going to even answer. I'm just going to show my husband. I just need to leave. Leaving. Yeah, Where would you? Eventually. If you could leave. LA. LA? Yeah. I don't blame you. It's yeah, it's. 350 days a year is sunny as shit. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, like, the opportunity is there and people are more like Tel Aviv. Like, I love Tel Aviv when people are judging you. Like, I used to sit with, like, the host in the restaurant that I worked and we just judge people out loud when they were like, what is that shirt? And they would listen to you and, like... And not say shit. Yeah, and they would just, like, they would probably appreciate it when they're going to get back home and throw away that, she- that shirt. But they need to listen to they that. They need to hear it. Yeah, people need to hear that. You just so- decimated their whole self-confidence. And every time people were telling me, like, I don't know, no, but LA, they're so judgy. I'm like, I miss that. Please tell me that I dressed up ugly. Well, pro- I need to hear that sometimes. Well, the problem in LA is that they're judgy, but they'll never say anything to you. 
Really? They do that too? Mm-hmm. They're, they're very fake. Like, yeah, oh that's... my god, like you're so funny. And then behind you, I'm like, fuck that bitch. She's ugly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Relax. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's also. Calm down, possible. Jessica. Like, it's like, I, yeah, but that, that, I don't think I would be a friend with those people. And also, there's so many Israelis in LA. Well, also, the thing about LA is that it's a facade. So, Hollywood has created a very big problem for LA. So, I'm running a television show. It's about 1930s Hollywood and the beginning of what Hollywood was. Like what the all things that they did to become what they are now. Okay. And Hollywood, since the 1920s and 30s, has really affected Los Angeles in terms of the city being a facade of what it really is. Hollywood is never all of the things that people equate it to. But like a lot of the times you'll hear someone be like, yeah, I got to Hollywood. And when I got there, I figured out what it really was. And it's yeah. not really anything. It's all an image. It's all a base level like what you think is what's going on is not really what's going on oh yeah but there's so many things like i don't know i feel like my brother taught me to be my brother is more arrogant than me i guess but i have like a half brother and he's like all about like the watch and the shoes and the car that you drive and i love that i'm I'm very much like that like i don't have a lot of money to to show off those crazy things but one day i hope that they will have right so right now i don't know like i have the, the american express platinum and I love that, like, look at people, like, the way that they appreciate me different. This is Hollywood for me. Yeah. This is very Hollywood. Yep. And I took a, a, an Emerson, an Emerson, do you know Emerson College? Yeah. The, so I took a class of business of screenwriting. And the teacher told us, he lives there, he lives in Boston. It's like going, to, he goes to LA a lot. And, and he told us that this is something that he, can, he would never understand, that people would ask you what, like, what hotel do you stay, just to know who you are. And I was like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And like, I'm yeah, a, I'm, I at have the, like a, I'm at the Four Seasons. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. one day, if I'm going to be able to do that, that's, that's, I know that people, like, I know that for me, I'm very much, I'm a tomboy, and I don't care. And when I came back from the Fringe Festival last summer, I was super tired, and I have the, the American Express Platinum card, so I had a connection in, in New York, and I was wearing a Lonely Highland uh, hat. I had my guitar. I was wearing like a pajama because it's a long flight. I was exhausted. I arrived to the, the entrance of the lounge and I was like, hello. She was like, ah. Uh, she was checking me like in a very rude way. All the girls around me were like chihuahuas in a Louis Vuitton purse yeah. and, and me. And <laughs> with the guitar, I looked like kind of like a, a scout's girl and scout's boy more. And she was like, yeah, so it's a Delta Lounge. And I was like, all right. And I just, and I didn't throw, but it was just like, it just my, my card. And she's like, oh my God. And her face, I was like, oh my God, I love that. I love Eat that. That's it's worth every single penny that I pay for this credit card. You just made her eat her whole, her whole like, mm, thought pattern. Worth it. I love that. She was like, oh, man, fuck me. Yeah, it's like, it's like I flew first class because I had like credits that I could upgrade my seat with that card so I upgraded my seat and I still like when I came here I was wearing like pajamas and a guitar and and like that like look of the like the first class when they called it, it was the first time that I was flying first class I'm not that but I love that like way that like hmm, look at me I'm like it, it's worth like I don't know it's worth like more than money sometimes it really is especially when I didn't grow up with money so it's it's it's, like, it's nice to just kind of rub it in a little bit like yeah I'm like I deserve fuck it fuck you like, yeah. You, you thought one thing about me, but you're completely wrong. Yeah. And, like, to sit in the, those seats and, like, give that look to the people that are not in first class. Like, oh, yeah, look at those people. Don't touch me with my elbow, like, please. <laughs> well, that shows... It, it really does come to show you a lot about how 
people what people perceive about you is what you are yeah and also i'm not gonna be if one day i'm gonna make it big time and i'm gonna be rich i know that i'm not gonna be like one of those like yeah you're not gonna be an asshole because you also understand it's a nouveau-rich people like well yeah you you understand what it's like to actually struggle you spent so much time in comedy clubs eating shit yeah and doing things for little pay that when you get somewhere you're like i'm not going to treat you like shit because you're yeah, different definitely. than me and i think that also has to do with immigrant mentality as, yeah, that's as true. someone who's an immigrant pre- yeah. you understand that yeah my grandma might be cleaning a tables. lot of people in yeah. america we, we like run out of time it's really but but i have, I have to say that because a lot of immigrants in america are very arrogant now and they don't like america and i'm like fuck you Ameri- get the fuck out of here america don't gave like america. you a life yeah i'm like what I don't know how you said it in English. In Hebrew, we have that like sentence, you don't spit from the, the well that you're drinking from yeah. or something like that. And, and it's true. Like, you came here, you have a problem with the president, get the fuck out of here. You're done. You can like You I, could I, have stayed in, a, in, in wherever the fuck you're from. I, yeah, I saw someone that just said like something about it. She's Indian and she said like, oh, I wanna, I'm not going to say more, but, but she was also a guest on my podcast. And, and she said like something that, like I will teach you how to say death to America in Hindu as a reply to something and I'm like no matter what no matter what joke you're trying to say you not. don't say that yeah. this is racism it just create more racism because then people would see that and would assume that all Indian people are like that I'm like no you just create more hate for no reason like it's it drives me crazy Did I'm we- like just respect and okay you don't have to agree that this is democracy this is the place that you came for you yeah. can't change it. You, that and way. you get the uh, the ability to have the freedom of speech to do it. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, it's you don't fight racism with more racism. You don't fight racism with hate. It's not gonna work. When you're gonna see it, an eye kid, for an eye makes the whole world blind. Exactly, and then you you go to a little kid and you're telling him like, no, don't do that. That little kid would like to do that even more if you're gonna well, yell at him. Well, little kid, he follows examples based on what you do yeah and, and people are stupid and this is something that those arrogant people don't understand people are stupid and people that support trump don't give a shit like those people that hate trump they're like those people are so stupid and they don't believe what they're doing and they're spending so much energies and the other people are like Fuck okay, okay. Like, i don't care yeah and it's it's so funny to see this from the side i'm just like <laughs> that's why that's what i'm the same way about politics like, like people I ask me like, how do you feel politics. about politics? i'm like i don't give a fuck they're yeah. all crooks yeah and, and also i'm gonna tell you something and you're not gonna agree with me do you know how many people get mad at me because i tell them that i don't have a political stance and they're like what do you mean you don't have political stance i was like i don't believe in anyone enough to wholly wholeheartedly yeah. say that they're not a fucking crook if me oh as my a God, human I love being, you so much for that. if me as a human being was in the fucking White House, I couldn't tell you right here properly that I wouldn't abuse that power yeah. because everyone as a human being has the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, as a human being, can't act like, oh my God, Bernie Sanders, or oh my God, Joe Biden, or oh my God, whoever the fuck you're deciding anyone. to go for. I don't trust anyone. Yeah. And then people get mad at me. It's like, oh, you have to vote for them. It's like, why would I ch- actively choose to vote poison for poison? It's like ones. It's like pick your poison. Which one do you want? Do you want? It's like it's like elimination like choice now. It's like who do you hate less? It's like I hate like in Israel the last time they was voting it was like I think it was like four elections ago because the we just keep doing it now and but I went to vote and I was looking there was like a white note that you can put which means that you don't want to vote anyone but you, at least you went there and you showed them that. Like you, yeah. And I ended up like voting for a party that support weed. 
and I don't smoke, but I gave them my vote. They didn't pass, like... The, of course, the yeah. Green Party never fucking wins. It was really funny, because they prefer to give them than, like, Benjamin Netanyahu or other, like, asshole or another yeah. clown. It's just like, all right, I need to eat, it and becomes, we have a show. It becomes a big problem, the divide, or at least a lot of places, it becomes a divide where they equate you not believing in something or you not being for something as if you're completely against it. And yeah. that's what I don't like about politics where it's like, oh, well, if you're in in favor of uh, health care for everyone, that means that you're not for capitalism and uh, the the right to make your own money. Oh, uh, no. People, and it's people like, are hold losing on. their mind now. What, one thing does not equate to the other thing. You can't say that because I believe in this that I oppose the other thing. And that becomes a problem where it's like, oh, you're you're from the left and you're only from the left and it's like your enemy is the right. It's like no, I'm no one is my enemy. These are all things that I'm trying to figure out as a human being that we can all do together. Like I'm not here to fight people on what the fuck they want to do. Like let them do whatever they want. Like yeah. you're a human being as long as you're not And also it's democracy. Killing. No one like you we will never live in a world that like everybody agree with everything. No. No matter what, it's not going to happen. And and people don't understand that. They're like oh my god, people voted for Trump. They had the right to do that. Like, as much as you had the right to do that, like, yeah. whatever you do. And, and I have to say that in the beginning, I, I didn't hate Trump as much as I do now. Because I try to tell people, like, listen, it, it's, it doesn't look good. Like, people just hate each other for no reason. And give him a chance, and there's not a chance that it's going to be. He lost me when he said about the, the shooting in the synagogue, like, in Pennsylvania. He said, like, if they had guns inside, it wouldn't have happened. And I was like, all right, that's it for you. It's like you're done. We're done. Like, with I gave you my back to you. Like I, I was, I wasn't on his side, but I tried to like make people stop hate each other that much. I was like, just stop, just like. Well, I also think that politics needs to have a fucking age limit. Oh, definitely. Who the fuck is letting all these 85, I 75 year old age. people yeah. run for office? You are 75 years old. You should be somewhere eating chocolate and shitting yourself. No, there, there should be like in the corner of a restaurant complaining about the music and turning their, their lights on their phone to look at the menu. Like you re- realistically, if I could say I would do 40 to 60, maybe 35 to 55 is the age that you can run for office because... Maybe like you, after 30. Like you don't... In, like 20s uh, are stupid. Yeah, and you're 20s and like even early 30s sometimes you don't know. So like yeah. mid 30s is like, all right, you've maybe started to become someone that has some type of wherewithal or and understand. little kids. I trust <laughs> them. Well, we'd all be eating nerds candy for dinner. Yeah, but they would bring peace because they don't want to... They don't, they don't see colors. They don't care about like yeah. other people's religions. They, they just like... The pre- they haven't, they're happy. They haven't gotten their prejudices yet. Yeah. People didn't tell them what to think and what to do yet. True. So like, yeah. Well, all right. I need to use the bathroom, so yeah, right. I'm gonna give a shout thank out. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, say whatever you want to say. Well, and where people first can of all, find you. Thank you for having thank me you. on the podcast. Thank you and so for much. Making you're probably one of my first Israeli friends. So oh my god! That's good to that. Um, also, I do have a podcast with the founder of the Chicago International Film Festival. It's amazing. It's called Nose to Nose. We tend to talk about movies and analyze things from like a behind-the-scenes perspectives. It's kind of coinciding with the television show that I'm writing about 1930s Hollywood and the industry. And he's kind of what I would consider a mentor. And we kind of just have conversations about what's in movies, what's the messages behind them, what things mean. The next few episodes that we're going to have are a conversation about AIDS. 
conversation wow. about the war draft. Like, for example, he, he was telling me, he's like, oh, you know, you could possibly get drafted, you know, because he's 77 years old and I'm 23. So the, the podcast it is, is like, fun. it's a, like it's a the, fun generational, like, the gap. like, yeah, it's a huge gap yeah. where we try to understand each other and talk about things. And like the other day, he casually mentioned to me about how he was ready to go to Vietnam and how he, as a human being, was ready to go fight for our country and go to war, even though he was already running the film festival, basically wow. being Hollywood. Like, cause he's, he's famous in his own right. He helped yeah. create Martin Scorsese. He helped create a lot of these big film people by playing their stuff at his show or at the film festival. And he was telling me about how he was ready to go to war and how he went and how the only reason he didn't get sent to Vietnam was because he had flat feet and how interesting stories like that oh that he God. has. And there's so much knowledge and yeah, stuff that he gives me. It and it's so interesting. Like one day I remember in Chicago, we have something in the summer called um, Movies in the Park. So okay. what it is, yeah, I think I heard about it. Yeah. So they have the big one where it's downtown Millennium Park and they have the movies and then other smaller movies will happen in different parks around the city. Okay. And they were playing a movie one time that I came across and I texted him and I was like, hey, like we should go see one of these movies in the park. And this bastard replies to me, oh yeah, I created that series for the mayor <laughs> in the 70s. Like, oh my goodness, I was like, me and the mayor cool. came out, like I came up with that idea for them so we could promote the film festival and promote movie attractions in Chicago. And I was like, of course. Like, and older people, they say whatever they want and I like that. He does say whatever he wants. Yeah. And, it, and it's nice to have a mentor because I, as a kid, I always wanted to, like, I always told myself, like, I know I want to do entertainment stuff like television or, like, stand-up and whatever related to that. And it's nice to have, because I, I always, my family doesn't know anything about that shit. Yeah. My parents were in the military, immigrant family. They have not a fucking clue about anything related to entertainment. And I'd always tell myself, like, I wish I had someone who was a mentor that knew what they were doing or yeah. knew what life was like. But it was such a far stretch in my life. How did you like, find him? That, well, the way that it was, that it worked out was I was supposed to move to L.A. for, like, my stand-up, for yeah. television things, just to get out there after graduating school. And it didn't work out. Because, what did you study? Uh, business and television production. Okay. It didn't work out, so I ended up getting an apartment in Chicago and kind of just figuring it out here. And then in my building, there was a guy with a Mercedes, which was him. And the Mercedes had film on the license plate. Cool. And to have a license plate like that, you have to have either be really old or have paid a lot of money for it yeah. because it's four letters and it's just this film. And I always was really intrigued by it because I was writing my television show at the same time. So one day I'm out there and I'm like, hey, not to bother you. Like, I see you all the time. And I was like, I just have a quick question for you. He's like, Who are he, you? I'm like, why do you have the license plate film? And his verbatim response to me was, please, for the love of God, tell me you're not an actor. And I was like, nope, I'm not an actor. I'm a stand-up and a writer at best. Like, nothing acting related. Or at least very little acting. He's like, all right, cool. And, he's, and then I start telling him about the show that I'm writing and how it relates to Hollywood. Nice. And all the things that they're doing. And he's like, well, I got to go. Like, it was nice talking to you. Just five minutes casual. I also didn't want to yeah. take up too much of his time because, yeah. like, you don't want to annoy your neighbors. Yeah. Like, leave those motherfuckers alone. Yeah, and it's a neighbor. It's not yeah, just like, like a he, it's kind of stock. It's kind of like, just like, don't yeah. be weird. Like, you're going to see him again. Right. So I was it's like, just let thing. it play out. No big deal. I go for a run and I come back, and at my door is a package with my name written wrong. Because my name is spelled with an E, not with an yeah. I. And it was spelled with oh, an yeah, I. Oh, yeah, okay. So I see it and I was like, is this like my eviction notice? Like, what the fuck happened? Like, me, oh, I'm, out, I'm automatically thinking bad. And then I open it and it's a book. 
about Charlie Chaplin. And in nice. we had a, had a conversation about he asked me if Charlie Chaplin was in my story. And I told him he was, but not like super hard. But he's like one of the characters. And, he's, and, he, and in the book, it was signed by the author that said, Happy birthday, Michael. Uh, appreciate everything you've done for me. Blah, 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 blah. Signed the author. Oh, my God. And he gave it to me. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this wow. man just gifted me a book without Christless. knowing me. Like, that was super just like. And I was really appreciative that someone of his age took the time to even acknowledge something that I did. And that like, because I spent, when you're a writer, you spend a lot of time in a vacuum. So I don't talk a lot about the show because it's just me at night writing it. Yes. And me, It's like for me. And at some point I want to get the show made, but I don't talk about it a lot. So it's nice to have the universe tell me like, you're doing something right. Like, yeah. here's a gift. All the pitch. Yeah. All yeah. this struggle that you do that you don't talk about, it's kind of like here. And then I left him a note on his windshield and I was like I really appreciate you taking the time to just even have the wherewithal to give me a book whatever I left my number and then one day he's like you want to come to to dinner like upstairs with me and the neighbors like I don't really know the neighbors and I was like sure so I get up there and it's the two neighbors that he doesn't know because he just retired from the festival and we started doing that and then we just started hanging out a lot like going to movies cool. and hanging out and then one That's day amazing like and, all, and, and every time we would hang out it would just be stories of stuff and and one day I was like, honestly, like, how would you feel about doing a podcast? I was like, you just retired. No, I was like, you're not nothing. really doing much. Like, you're trying to write a book. And I'm like, I think the podcast could be kind of a good, like, Way it's a good substitute. What you can't talk about in the book, you could talk about in the podcast. Yeah, sure. And he was kind of like, yeah. And we did it. And then we had this really famous photographer shoot the cover for us. His name was Victor nice. Rubinsky, who did all of the photos for the for the film festival and it was just wow this is incredible such a it honestly it played out such weird such a weird way yeah, the, almost the, like a sitcom the universe has like their own it's own it's, it's own got its plan. own irony yeah and it was it, and it, it kind of made me appreciative that i didn't go to la because maybe it was like the, it's kind of a sign from the universe this is a bigger like, a bigger step and like yeah opportunity it, than it's like the universe telling like, me it's like maybe you're not ready to go to la yet Maybe you and should, maybe you shouldn't go yeah, to LA. Maybe you should stay where you're from and represent the city that you're in, and you might be paid more in gratitude than you might ever know. Definitely. And and then what has happened is that he has started to take me. Like he, I'm basically his mentee. He takes me to all these events. Like he was telling me how the other That's day incredible. he he calls me one day. Right, I'm on my way to work. He goes, "What are you doing today?" I was like, "Not shit. Same thing I do every day. I gotta go to work." He's like, "Would you want to go to dinner?" With me and the owner of the White Sox <gasps> at the White Sox stadium at the game. My st- yes. And I was like, well, duh, motherfucker. I like, quit now. Why would I not? And it was things like that would happen on a regular basis where he it would just call me out of the blue. It would never happen to you in, in, in LA no matter what. Never. Yeah. No no way. Like, he'll have he'll have a party at his ex-wife's house. He's like, oh, I was at my ex-wife's uh, birthday party. She owns the third largest auction house in, in the country. So behind Sotheby's and Christie's. He's like, oh, yeah. I'll, he's like, I was just hanging out with the mayor of Illinois. Oh, my God. And just, like, hanging out with people that are just, like, top yeah. level. Just He's just like, yeah, I was casually chilling with them. Like, yeah, no big and that's, deal. like, something that a lot of people... Also, a lot of people don't know how to handle those things. So, if they would have that, I, I bet, like, I don't know, I'm not... First of all, I don't know a lot of people, so famous people would feel more comfortable around mm, me. And it happened right. to me in the comedy cellar that, like, that I, I've... I went like I was luckily happened like to find myself in the in the a party that they had like a few years ago. And people came to me like, Oh, you don't know me? And I'm like, Nope. Am I supposed Why? to know you? Like 
Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Like, they're famous in the United States, but yeah. they're not famous outside of the United States, and right. I'm not from here. So, I, I don't know. And uh, But then I kept bet at, like, a lot of, like, young actors, and there are probably so many of them, and rude people that don't respect personal space of people would be like, oh, do you know that, and do you know that, and can you help me with this, and right away, like, to ask for favors, and I was like, you don't do that. Like, you got to be friends with people. Yeah. And also, it's, it is, like, a business world. So if you meet someone, you need to, like, in a business way oh, yeah. to get what? and give him what you, well, like, what he needs for, like, after that, like, to get whatever you need. Actors are notorious for being the most unstable of the creative world because they need a lot of validation. Yeah. That's the reason he asked me, please, Lord, tell me you're not a fucking actor. Like, so there's nothing you can do for them outside of, like, getting them in, like, auditions because they genuinely need validation all the time. Yeah. And that shit is tiring. You can't give someone validation all the time, especially in a hard career like acting. So many people get rejected. I'm so glad I'm not an actress. Oh my god, it sounds and people so are hard. always like, "You should go be an actor." Like, I don't want to. Like, I'll be an actor if if you need me for a specific role, but not like because I want to be an and actor. And then people from outside of comedy would be like, "Yeah, but you're doing like you're like an actress." And I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm telling my life." That's my therapy. I'm, I'm opening. I'm taking my clothes off in front of the audience. It's different when acting comes to you versus when you go to acting. So a lot of the times what will happen is like comics will fall into acting. Yeah. And it's such a better way to go about it because... Acting, you bring yourself. It's, 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 it's you bring yourself into it. And as, as a comedian, like being an actor isn't your main thought pattern. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're kind of just like, oh, whatever. This is a bonus to whatever I was mm-hmm. doing versus as an actor, that's you your main comedy goal. comedy and you're still fake and not funny. <coughs> True. So, All right, we have to Yes, I need to go to the up. bathroom. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Facebook, Thank Instagram, where people can uh, find you. My Instagram is Suarez Gino. So S-U-A-R-E-Z G-E-N-O Go see him in the uh, Laugh Factory, Chicago. On open mic days when I get on. Yeah, maybe soon you're going to skip that. Thank you for listening. And bye.